Hi, and welcome back to Game Time Podcast with your hosts, Alex Rubinson and Shai Dweck. The NFL Draft has come and gone. Kyler Murray going number one. Surprise pick, Daniel Jones, the quarterback from Duke, going to the Giants at six. And so much more to unpack. So let's get right to it, because it's game time. time. We'll start right at the top with Kyler Murray, now formerly the quarterback of Oklahoma, and now the new, what will be the franchise leader, the franchise quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. So the Cardinals draft Murray number one overall after just one year of Josh Rosen, who, remember, they traded up five spots to move into the top ten to take. He's now out the door in Miami, and now Kyler Murray is the guy they will be building around. So, Shai, what do you think of the Cardinals now, back-to-back years, in the top ten, going quarterback? Well, at first, I was really kind of skeptical of this pick, because I'm a fan of Josh Rosen. I think he can I am, too. I think he was in an awful situation Mm -hmm. last year. I think he can... And if he's put with the right coach and the right scheme, I think he, he, last year the offensive coordinator got fired in the middle of the season. Offensive line was horrible. You know, his head coach is, you know, defensive-minded, so that doesn't help. That situation for Josh Rosen last year was horrific. So I think if he does go to the right situation, whether that be Miami or another place down the road, I think there's still talent in Josh Rosen, and I think the the jury's still out. We don't know how Rosen will fare. No, yeah. But going back to Murray. Yeah, I was I was a, a, a skeptical of what I was saying because I I think Josh Rosen can be successful at it for a quarterback, a quarterback, and I know you agree. And definitely, definitely. Um, but. After I saw, you know, this draft class in the Arizona Cardinals, I was really impressed. And I, I and this may have been the Cardinals may have won the draft. Not not just the first round. They got their guy, Kyler Murray, who fits Cliff Kingsbury's system, um, in that air raid offense. And exactly. they're you know, they surrounded him with um Hakeem Butler Andy Isabella. Andy Isabella and I th- And also there's Christian Kirk from last year, another speedy wide receiver. And then you have Larry Legend still there. Of course. And David Johnson in the backfield. Also, I love their the thirty third overall pick, the first pick of the second round, Byron Murphy. He a steal, was a steal. he was arguably the best cornerback in the draft and by and definitely by myself and I know you, mm-hmm. a no a no brainer first round pick. So to get him at number 33 in the second, you know, first and, pick of the second round, I think that was a terrific pick by Arizona. Yeah, and especially now with the Peterson suspension, they're probably feeling good about that pick. Oh, definitely, to, definitely. Uh, you know, succeed him. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, their third pick, or not third pick, but their third round pick, Zach Allen, the defensive end out of Boston College, I really like that pick. I think the Cardinals just had a really good draft you know, getting weapons around Murray, but then also building the defense. I think this could be a team that, you know, it might be a rebuild year, it might be a building year, but I think they have some of the cornerstone pieces. Some promise and They there, definitely yeah. promise, and you look at some of the big cornerstone positions, I think they're really starting to build a team that can compete on Sundays. No, I, I definitely agree. Um yeah, I, I think this this Cardinals team did a really, really good job, you know, just kind of getting their guy and building around him. So Yeah, I think we go to Murray and more of that. It's all about scheme and fit. And I just don't think Cliff Kingsbury thought Josh Rosen was the best quarterback for his offense. 
And I think he thought Murray was, and I think... But will he be in Miami? Well, the th- the problem is, I could, you know, there have been talks, is Miami, you know, going to do the same thing Arizona did? Are they going to have, like, a one-year tryout with Rosen, and if it doesn't go well and you have a top two, top three pick, do you take a Tua Tagovailoa out of Alabama, or a Jake Fromm out of Georgia, or a uh, Justin Herbert out of Oregon? This is a, there are three really good quarterbacks in next year's class, so... If they don't see promise, even if it's not Rosen's fault, if Rosen doesn't perform extraordinarily well, or even if he doesn't perform well, whether it's his fault or not, is Rosen out the door for a yeah. second straight year? I, I agree. I do and that's think just this... bad. Okay, if, you, if a quarterback has to adapt to new teammates, to new coaches, to new playbook every single year, they're never going to succeed in the NFL. I don't care how talented you are. So, Rosen... I hope he finds a team that he can live with and play with long-term and succeed with that team. But if he keeps changing teams, I don't know if he'll ever be able to live up uh, to the hype. Now, I I believe in Rosen. I think if he is given that chance to stay with a team long-term, I think he can succeed. But if they don't have the right coach or the right offensive coordinator in place and he keeps, you know, changing teams, I don't know if Josh Rosen will ever be the quarterback that we thought he was coming out of UCLA just a year ago. Yeah, I agree. But unfortunately, I think that Miami has their eyes on this Tua. Yeah, this I think quarterback class and Tua um, from next They're year. They're in a win-win, and, though. Yeah, I mean, because they got if good, Rosen, really good value. Uh, and we'll talk about tr- their pick later. He, Josh first- Rosen was picked in the top 10, 10th I believe uh, they traded the year. 62nd overall pick to the Cardinals. Yeah. For Rosen. And I so, think they also gave up a 2025th round pick as well. Uh, so, no, it was a good, good very there. low risk. And yeah. if you're the Dolphins, either he works out and you get a you know middle first round pick, but you have your quarterback of the future, or you suck, he doesn't work out, but now you're picking a top the draft where there are three really good quarterbacks. So it's really a win-win for Miami in this situation. And Arizona yeah. was in a position where... I know they said they didn't. They wanted good value, but after wait, I think this was actually a really bad job on Arizona. They didn't start fielding calls for Rosa until like I believe five minutes before the draft. Which, if you are going to draft Murray, start fielding calls about Rosen immediately. Don't wait till right after the draft, because then teams like the Giants, the Redskins, and even teams like the Dolphins, they're will they're not going to give up as much because they know. The Cardinals have no leverage in these talks. No, I, I I agree with you, but could that be because if they start fielding calls for Rosen, um, could that, you know, make it so clear that Kyler Murray is, you know, gonna be the pick? Not that that matters a lot, but I like, mean I get it, but I think after the Redskins already took Haskins and the Giants already took Jones, that's now you really have no leverage, no value because those teams mm-hmm. already have their quarterbacks. And yeah, don't you don't have a bit. You don't have a bidding more. Miami. I mean, they're you know they have Chris Greer is a smart man. He he knows the situation. So I mean, look, they got a second round pick. Could they have possibly have gotten more? I believe so. But I mean, I think overall though the Cardinals had a uh, had a very good draft. So now we're gonna move on to the number two pick, the San Francisco 49ers selecting Nick Bosa, brother of. 
uh, L.A. Chargers defensive end Joey Bosa. I think this was one of the more obvious picks of the first round. No, yeah, I, I agree. Of the entire draft, really. I think, I know... Pro- it could, pro- could probably be the best, uh, ter- most talented player in this draft. A lot of people, you know, he had the core muscle injury, mm-hmm. which uh, he, I think required surgery. But still, he, when he was uh, playing, very productive at Ohio State. Very productive at a big school with a lot of talent. And a lot of people thought, a lot of people think coming in, he was even more ready than Joey Bosa, who we've seen has excelled at the NFL level. I think Joey Bosa can be one of those guys who he's going to be a plug-and-play at one of the edge. Nick Bosa. Sorry, Nick, well, both Bosas, but yes, in this case, Nick Bosa. Joey Bosa's already done that. Yes. Been there, done that. Yes. Uh, I think Nick, uh, for for the 49ers, I think he's going to be plug-and-play. He's going to be a guy who you don't have to worry about it. He's going to get his, I think he's going to be... 12-plus sack guy. I mean, maybe not this year, possibly this year, but I think over the course of his career, I think he's going to be reliable. I think he's going to be stable. And if he's able to stay healthy, I think this guy's going to have a really good career. Yeah, the 49ers had a really hard time getting to the quarterback. Um, you know, they tried, you know, guys like, you know, uh, Solomon Buck- Thomas. DeForest you know. Buckner. You know, so they they really needed. They had a lot. They drafted a lot of these like defensive tackle guys or like edge three four edge rushers. But now they get a true edge guy who can come off the edge. He can get to the quarterback. He can rush the passer. I think, you know, although, you know, I think this was an obvious pick, but I think it was a the smart pick, the smart way to go. And I mean, if you're San Francisco, you have to be happy with this pick. No, I I agree. I agree. So now we're going to go number three, the New York Jets, who I guess lately the only good thing they've done uh, in, is drafting <laughs> Quinnen Williams, the uh, he the defensive tackle out of Alabama, now going to be paired with Leonard Williams. The the, Will, the Williams duo the Williams duo is up yeah. front. I mean, that's going to be a, a really formidable duo that's yeah. going to rush the passer from up the middle. I think I think that duo could give quarterbacks nightmares. Yeah, this Jets defense is looking all three levels: C.J. Mosley, mm-hmm. Jamal Adams, and now the Williams duo. I think this could be a really good defense. Yeah, they've got if they're coached young correctly. players. They've got leaders and veterans there like Mosley. You know, and they and they've got you and know Adams. They, even yeah. though he's young, he's adapting and he is taking on still one that of the best leadership. safeties in the, in the NFL still, already. I th- Not still already one of the best. I safeties think, in the and NFL. he and he's still coming into his own. He is still right. coming in to being one of those top, you know, safeties in the NFL, especially at the strong safety position. But kind of going to the pick. This was another pick that I don't know if you would say obvious, but was Quinn Williams was a guy who. In my opinion, he was a top two player in this draft. I know a lot of people who thought he was the number one player, period, in this draft. So I think to get him to number three was another great pick, great smart pick. Maybe on the obvious slide side, but when you're in the top three, top four, sometimes the obvious pick is the right pick. Yeah, I mean, when I was when I when you watch Alabama football, you see number ninety two everywhere. Every play he's in the backfield, whether even if he's not making the tackle, he is disrupting the play. Yeah, I, I really love his motor, and I can't wait to see what he does. He's a guy who he's going to stop the run and create disruption again on pass plays. This guy can do it all from a defensive tackle perspective. 
I think he's going to be very successful with the Jets, who I think, I think the Jets, even maybe with the firing of uh, McCagnin, I think they're in for a very successful season, the Jets. So now maybe a surprise, our first really surprise pick. Cleveland Farrell, then going number four overall, the defensive end out of Clemson, going to the Oakland Raiders as Mike Mayock's first pick as an NFL general manager. Yeah, I I couldn't really wrap my head around this pick. I'm still not really getting it. I mean, very good player, but I think if if you like him, I mean, I guess if you like him that much, you have to Trade take back. him. But I do, think do, trading, do trade back? yeah, I think you got to trade back. If there's with the amount of, I I just can't. I don't understand why you would take him with the um, amount of other talent on the board, such as you know Josh Allen, who you know fell to the uh, number seven to the Jaguars. Yeah, no, I actually think Cleveland Furrow is a very good player, and I remember very early, and I'm talking about like January, so January, so very early in this draft process. He was one of the top talents in this draft, and then he kind of fell back a bit with guys rising, you know, like Devin White. But, you know... I don't I, think it warrants him going this high, though. I think number four was high, but I think that this guy could has top ten potential. I don't know about top four, but I think this guy could end up being a top 10 player in this draft. I think he, he's got a lot. You know, you look, he's, he was a very, another productive pa- pass rusher at a big school in Clemson. He was part of that great, great Clemson D-line. You know, I really like Cleveland for coming in. I mean, I was surprised him going that high. Uh, but I think some people also are maybe a li- were a little lower on him than others. But no, this was definitely maybe a more surprising pick. But we did hear coming in, Mike Mayock and the Raiders will surprise people with the number four overall pick. Yeah. And remember, they had three picks in this draft, so we'll maybe get to those picks a little later. Yeah. But you know, I think though they were right in the sense they had to address the pass rush. They really had to address the defense in general, but they had to address the pass rush, and they did that with a solid pass rusher. So we're going to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This might have been my favorite pick of the draft. Yeah. Devin I, White is an absolute beast. Monster on the field. He's my pick for defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, he's, you know, he's filling the hole that, you know, Quan Alexander left. I think he's going to do more than and, just fill the hole. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to dominate that hole. And I... I if that makes sense. Exceed it. Right. And I, I, I agree with you. I think he could very well be the defensive player of the year. You look at him. He's got the side-on-side ability. Big hitter. You know, anticipates plays very well. He's just what you're looking for at that middle linebacker position. I think that I love this pick. I love Devin White. You know, we so remember Roquan Smith went number eight overall to the Bear, to the Bears last year. You know, I think Devin White may have been better. 120-plus tackles in each of his two, uh, two of his last. In the two two last seasons uh, at LSU, he had over 122 or over, over 120 tackles, which is outstanding at any level. 
and I don't see that production slowing down. I mean, obviously, you know, the NFL is harder, so I'm not saying in year mm. one he'll get 120, 125, and that's a very high number. But, I mean, we just saw Darius Leonard get 163. Yeah, he's definitely a guy that's going to lead this Tampa Bay defense. Now, moving on to probably one of the most surprising and uh, controversial picks in the 2019 draft. Josh... Daniel. Daniel Jones. I was thinking about Josh Rosen for some reason. I don't know why. You know, that would not have been contra. I mean, it would have been weird if he was drafted. I know many Giants fans would rather have Josh Rosen. What do you think, being a Giants fan, I know what you were texting me, but what do you think... I probably would have rather had Josh Rosen. As I said, I'm a firm believer in Josh Rosen. I think he still has plenty of talent. And with Pat Shermer as the head coach, I think Shermer could have done great things with him. But with that being said, if you have a conviction about a guy and you absolutely love him and you believe he can be the guy, the franchise leader for the next decade, decade and a half, you can't risk him slipping to your next pick, whether that be still in the first round, whether that be the next round, you have to take him. Then again, do you take a guy because he, what, answers questions well and good poise with the press in a big New York market? You pick a guy because he can throw the football at quarterback and lead your team. You know, I... Daniel Jones can lead a team. Daniel Jones... I mean... Daniel Jones, we're I, like, I just don't see the production there. I don't see I don't think you the can, wins. I don't, I don't, I just don't see In it. college, though, it's so much different. For if you, you would have picked him what, at 17, I would have been fine. But name know, the, top over, 10 over the, la, over the last five years, who have been the three, two, three best teams in college football? Alabama. Okay. Clemson. Okay. And well, I think the third one's kind of but, more arguable. Okay, but anyway, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama, they have they had two. Who would you say that they're the best team? Is just out of curiosity. I mean, I guess right now Ohio State, but that's not the point of the question. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, Alabama has dominated for years, and just last year, when they lost the national championship, they had Tua Tagovailoa, and same with Clemson, except they had Trevor Lawrence. We've seen in college football, it's a totally different game. We've seen how much dominating a defense can be and how maybe teams with the best defense can carry a team and great coaching. Duke isn't, I mean, Duke is not a football school. I know it. You know it. We know it. Duke I is, know, but, but you, the production's not there. Well, when your receivers are dropping easy passes and your line is among the worst among college football. There is, is he supposed to throw a pass to himself? Yeah, what is he supposed to do? Like, Look, I'm not saying he's the perfect quarterback and the perfect prospect. He's not, by far. But it's not like he could control every little thing. There are 11 guys on a football field at the same time. Everyone okay. needs to contribute. Why would you? Why would you take him at six? Like personally, or why? If I think his, I think he has actually very good accuracy. That's why you take him at six because he's good accuracy. I think he's I, better accuracy than you know 
Kyler Murray. He is better. You well, Murray's not better. available, but right. But are you saying like compare him to the rest of the class? Who, where, where, we, where do you stack him up? I mean, I look personally. I did like Dwayne Haskins better. I did like Dwayne Haskins better coming in, but I think Daniel Jones is a solid quarterback, and I think he can throw with anticipation. Working with David Cutcliffe, I think he knows how to read defenses. I think he can be a leader of a team. I mean, you know, it's not we're not talking about a guy who is gonna be what, a seventh it's like this guy can play football. Well, I think I I think I mean he I, won a bowl game with Duke, who's not a very who's maybe one of the worst, with the exclusion of Daniel Jones, one of the worst, worst I, Football I just schools. I just don't see the value here. I have him and I have him being just a little bit better than Drew Locke, who went in the second round. I I, I just I I don't. You see can't him. risk it though. You can't risk him being gone by pick seventeen. That's just not how it works. I mean, as a you you know the Steelers traded up ten spots to take Devin Bush. But Devin Bush was a respectable pick. Well, uh, but they loved him, so they thought they had to trade up ten spots again. Daniel Jones, if he's if your guy is there for the taking, you have to look. I'm not comparing Daniel Jones to Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But when the Kansas City Chiefs had the twenty seventh overall pick, and they traded up seventeen spots, I don't think seventeen spots to number ten. They gave up a future first rounder. I don't think people question it as much as they're questioning this. But they were really skeptical, and they criticized the Chiefs, and they were saying, "What are they doing? They have a quarterback in Alex Smith in place. They're a winning team. They should be building around." Alex Smith not replacing him. And now look, now Patrick Mahomes is one of, if not the best, at least talented quarterbacks in the NFL. Now I'm not saying Daniel Jones will do that by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm saying plenty of picks in, you know, history have been greatly criticized and have turned out to be pretty good picks. I see your point. I just don't see the value. We could go back and forth all day. But we have to move on. I mean, I just think, like, again, if you really love a guy and you have a conviction, you can't risk him falling. Okay. All right. And, uh, I mean, Dave Gettleman loved Daniel Jones. He was in full bloom love. That, that, that's what he's, he said. I was in full bloom love. Okay. So then you have to take the guy. All right. Let, let's move on. You then. have to take the guy if you love him. You've said that five times. Let's but it's on. true. It might it might be true, but I, I I just don't see the value. I don't see the production. I, well, I, team, we can go teams again, are always again. gonna reach for a quarterback. I'll let you because win. they're quarterbacks. I'll let you. They win. are quarterbacks. I could be wrong. Daniel Jones could be fantastic, and you'll be laughing in my face. I think Daniel Jones. Gentlemen could be laughing in my face. I think Daniel but, Jones will end up being an average NFL quarterback. Average. And I mean, most people have him at the ceiling of Ryan Tannehill. Most people. Well, I think we've seen broad scale. Some people think that. Some people think he can be much, much better than that. I know maybe. I don't know anyone who thinks he's Gil Brandt. Gil Brandt? Yeah. Anyone else? I mean, well, I'm not going to look into every. I mean, I, I know. I, I know. I, I, just, think, I think Brian Baldinger loved him. Uh, these are just guys off the top of my head. I just don't love him at six. And, and I, I, I told you that I liked him a lot in, in, in college, but I just, I can't, 
I just don't know. I how just he don't gets think your production comment is just flawed, because you can't look at production, especially in college, and say he's bad, he's good. I mean, a very, a very, you know, with all due respect, a very poor Duke team. He led to, I think, two bowl bowl game wins in two, you know, over the last two seasons. Well, there's been concerns about arm strength, right? His arm is good enough. Good That's enough. what I've heard. You look at his pro day, his arm was good enough. I mean, he's not going to allow you with his arm like Mahomes or, you know, Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Bills. Yeah, Drew Locke. Or Drew Locke, yeah. But it's like, you know, you'll. I think okay. I value accuracy more than an arm. Me too, but... I value anticipation, throwing with anticipation, accuracy. Mm. I, know, I, 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 reading okay. defenses. I think at this point you're just trying to convince yourself. Let let let's go to number seven. There, there are a lot of things we that can I, go there, back. There are a forth. lot of things okay. to like about. I think there are. There are a lot of things to like. I just don't. I just don't like. Won't believe, love, I won't believe it till I see it. If you love a guy, you gotta take him. I'll leave it at that. Okay. So now the Jaguars take Josh Allen. Josh Allen, the outside linebacker. Yeah, other uh, Josh Allen's gone. Yes. Playing quarterback for Buffalo. The Bills, and you know, I don't know if that's going to work out. <laughs> but um, this Josh Allen, we'll see if that works out. Um, his cute son, uh, Wesley, was with him. And, uh, you know, what do you think about them getting at seven when a lot of people had a, had Josh Allen as a top three player coming in? I don't think anyone will say this isn't a steal, because it is a steal. It's absolutely it is a, steal. a steal. I was starting to get, I mean, I think... Thinking about he was my number four player, I mm-hmm. think I actually like Dev. At the very end, I think I pushed Devin White ahead of him because I was just so enamored by White. No, but I think Josh Allen, you know, we're still looking at a guy who should have been a top five pick. Yeah, I think he's a top five talent, no question. Coming in, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. The only thing, I mean, he had seven sacks in two years at Kentucky. At all- Kentucky, which is you were talking about Duke not being and then a he huge jumps- football school. Kentucky, not really either, right? I mean, yeah, but they're I mean, more formidable than Duke, but they're they're not. They're certainly nothing to. Yeah, you know. I feel like it, though, like as a quarterback, you rely a little more on other people than as an outside linebacker. Right, but still, a lot the lot of production, a lot of there's no question. He had seventeen. You know. He had seventeen sacks this past year, which is outrageous. That's great. That's crazy. The only thing is, can he because he went seven, seven, seventeen, which that's a huge gap. You know, in the NFL. Will he be more of the guy who's going to get five to seven sacks, or the guy who's going to get fifteen to seven mm-hmm. to seventeen sacks? I expect him to be kind of somewhere in the middle, in like maybe the ten to twelve sack range. But I think he's the guy who maybe he can even you know cover some flat routes, some underneath routes. He can do a little coverage as well, which is very underrated and a uh, part of his game because people are are looking at that pass rush ability. And you know, for the Jaguars, you know. They just continue to, you know, build on his strength. Defense, you know, right. and no, honestly, of, I didn't think this was a huge position of need. It wasn't. Was draft, but when you but get a you, you have a talent like that, yeah, yeah. You when you get, have that yeah. kind of value sitting there at number seven, it's one of those things where best player available. Yeah. And you know, Tom Coughlin and crew, obviously, Josh Allen is the highest rated player on their board, as did probably many other people and teams at that point. Uh, so, you know, I, I like this pick for Jacksonville, even, you know, if maybe they could have gone to TJ Hawkinson. Uh, so, 
I think if you're Jacksonville, if you're to Jack- win with defense, if you're Jacksonville, you're very happy with this pick. Going to <clears throat> number eight, TJ Hawkinson to the Lions. Your thoughts? You know, I I, I like this pick for for the Lions. Um, I I he's think he's an all around tight yeah. end. He can block. He can run routes. He's an old school. He first tight end. came he on can, a lot so of versatile. scouts' uh, uh, spotlight with the, his blocking ability. I think that, in my opinion, that's probably one of the best things about him. Most that's what separates ends, him from the Noah right. fans of the world, from the Irv Smiths of the world. That's what separates him. Right. Not only his ability to, you know, uh, you be a receiver. Blocking, I'm lo- I'm like, is that a is that a tackle? Is that an offensive tackle? I mean, you you just see his drive, and you see you see his ability to block and just really create that separation, both uh, especially in the run, and I and I. I, I really I think that's really important. And you and you see, you know, he's really fluid coming out of his routes and I, I really I, like the pick. What I love about this pick is now that because Hawkinson can block and um you know run routes, it really makes your offense versatile mm-hmm. and keeps the defense guessing. Because you could put Hawkinson in and the line and the linebacker has to cover him because he might block. So now if he's in there to block, you could be now the defense is wasting a a guy to cover, and you know maybe a guy now has a good matchup or something. It just keeps defenses guessing, yeah. keeps defenses on no, their you're, toes. You're able, to and they're an, just more, and it just opens the playbook more. You're able to get another uh, weapon in the passing game. So, you know, Golden Tate left via trade last year, and also you know his offensive line was you know mediocre last year, kind of struggling to block for their. Especially in the running game, I think, and I think you really are able to do uh, kill two birds with one stone. A, a yeah, it here. really opens up the playbook. I yeah. really, I like this pick. I think this is one. Although the one concern you have with Detroit is, you remember last time they took a tight end uh, in the top ten. Eric Ebron, am I with, correct? With the tenth overall pick, the Detroit Lions select Eric Ebron, who now he's thriving with the Colts. Yeah, he's but had a, you know, career high in touchdowns. Yeah, but. We'll see if he can kind of, you know, if that if that if this will be a different story. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Number nine. Ed Oliver. Um, I really like this pick. I think this guy. I'm think he was around sixth or seventh, uh, on in terms of best player five or five to seven range. Another steal, I think. No, in my book, no question. I think this was a great pick for for Buffalo, for Buffalo, <laughs> and you look at the Bills. They were trying to trade up to all the way to number three overall with the Jets and take it over. I think they had they had it over maybe even ahead of guys like uh, Josh Allen, maybe even ahead of Quinn and Williams. Yeah. Which I mean that might be debatable, but it just shows the high praise that the Bills had of Oliver. And for him to slip to nine for a team that was so enamored by him and loved him that much to get him a nine, that's a steal by Buffalo. And I know Sean McDermott. And that Bills organization is very happy with this yeah. pick. Good pick. Now we're gonna have to kind of move quickly due to time constraints. But your Pittsburgh Steelers moving up ten spots to yes, take sir. Devin Bush, which as good as Bush was, I think Devin White was a lot better. I I would say he was better. Yeah, uh, Devin White. Devin I don't White think better. that was a question. No, no, definitely. I mean, you said better. I. Thing, no, no, no. I'm just saying. Devin I, White is a genera- I feel like Devin White's a generational talent at the linebacker position. I don't know about generational, but I, I, think I believe Devin is. White definitely better. No question about it. 
Devin I think Bush Devin is Bush still is, I think, really good, solid linebacker. And who can still develop to be even, obviously, better. But I really love this pick for the Steelers. Let's, let's look back before Ryan Chase right? Chazier. But you can't compare a rookie to the veteran presence of Ryan Chazier. I know, I know. I'm just, let's see, formidable. Work with me, work with me. When Ryan Chazier was there, this bit, before he got injured, this Pittsburgh defense was fourth in the NFL. If he can develop, and, and mainly due to his sideline of sideline ability, and able to clean up and tackle on the seven, second level. I think that's what make and, and his communication ability. Those that's two the things big thing, though. Communication make Ryan Shazier so elite and really be the leader of this Pittsburgh defense and help them be so I think good the when leadership, they were. And help them go to that second, uh, second uh, round of the playoffs. And, of course, they lost to the Jaguars, but... Oh, yeah. that, was, that was funny. I know um, they had a, It was awful. I hated that. I was there. <laughs> but it, they had a really good season that year. They went thirteen and three, and, and they uh, got a first round bye. So I, I think though leadership know. and communication are huge, and I think with Devin Bush, when you're asking a rookie to do, to do that, especially on a team like Pittsburgh that has such high expectations, yeah. that could be Pittsburgh does uh, not tolerate losing well. Yeah, and uh, I mean also it's not. This isn't a team that's you know. They they were picking twentieth. They traded up to ten, but they weren't. They didn't have a top ten pick to begin with. So they high. They have high expectations. They have, you know, they're hoping to get and win a Super Bowl this year. So yeah. Devin Bush has a lot riding on him, and as a rookie, you know, that moment could get too big. So it'll be interesting. How does he handle the pressure? Well, I think he has- of not not just playing in a place like Pittsburgh, but being. The captain of the defense, the quarterback of the well, defense, guys, and calling out plays. No, not way. not that Mark Barron's anything to write home about, but he has veterans there that are that are formidable that that he can learn from. And if he's not ready to step in on you know we step in week one, you know there's there's guys that, that you know that can play middle linebacker fairly well, like Mark Barron, like Vince Williams. So the talent is there. there. It's those intangible. It's those intangibles. Yeah, I really also like his anticipation and intelligence. Knowing when to jump the gap. Knowing when to, you know, kind of just, you know, um, wait, wait. Wait in coverage. Wait in coverage, right. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. That's a big issue for Lyman. How how does he handle the pressure of being the quarterback of any defense, let alone a team trying to get and win a Super Bowl this year? So, now we'll go to number 11, the Steelers' rival, Cincinnati Bengals. Picking uh, Jonah Williams, who, you know, this was a guy who very early in the draft process people thought could be a top five pick. And, you know, a big knock on him was his shorter arms, Mm. which, you know, really allowed him to fall. Some people think he should move inside and play guard. Right now he's a a tackle, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people think he should move inside and play offensive guard. So we'll see how Cincinnati uses him. I think he deserves a chance to play tackle, though. And then if that doesn't yeah, work agree. out, then move him at, I in that guard. I agree. Uh, I know some people thought this may have been a bit of a reach. I, I thought it was. Uh, but I thought, you know, I thought this was still a solid pick for Cincinnati. I think, you know... I you look I, at the defenses, those I mean, front... Those, you know, those front sevens in the AFC North are very, yeah. very good. But, I mean, I think it helps. You got coaching from Nick Saban, who's the best in the biz in college. Yeah. And he was a four-year starter. I think he was a four-year starter, I believe, at left tackle. Yeah. 
And at Alabama, that's a really tricky thing to do. I think it was very interesting to watch the college football yeah. final, Cleveland Furrow and Jordan Williams, and they were really training, be, yeah. you know, but for maybe a few plays where Furrow did get the best of him, you know, overall, Williams did hold his own for a good chunk of the game. So, yeah. you know, Williams has gone against tough competition, and where Nick Saban doesn't take anything lately and won't give any, won't give anything to anyone, four-year starter at Alabama is a tough thing to do, yeah. and he did it. Now so. will he be able to handle, you know, T.J. Watts and, you know, the other prolific pass rushers in that division? I mean, J.J. Watts, better, but... I yeah. know, well, in, in I would talk in the AFC North. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett. I mean, yeah. I think those two right there in Cleveland, mm-hmm. you know. So, number 12 now, the Packers had two picks. I think, let's cover them right now, both picks. At number 12, they took Rashawn Gary, and then at number 21, well, they were at 30, they mm-hmm. traded up to 21 and took Darnell, Darnell Seth. Safety out of Alabama. Let's start with Gary, the now, versatile D lineman out of Michigan. A lot of people criticize this pick, but I actually didn't have a problem with it. Me I neither. Think, I think this was good yeah, value. Good. I think the talent was it's clearly there. The talent and the potential, I think this guy, if he hits on his potential, we could be talking about a top three player coming out of this class. Yeah, a lot of people weren't wowed by the production. Well, obviously, that was, yeah. that, that's what... That's why he slipped. If he met his potential... I think when he was coming out of high school, he was the number one recruit. Number one. So I think had he met his potential in college, this is a guy we're talking about long gone. He was playing with a lot of other stars in that Michigan defense. True. You know, that that he was kind of competing for. No, uh, that that definitely is true. No, that definitely is true. Devin Bush, Chase Winovich. Yeah, I mean, I like Gary better than Winovich. Winovich. Yeah, um, me too. I'm just, I'm just saying, like those are two very formal. I think his players. versatility would definitely help the Packers. Yeah. And you look, they signed Preston Smith. The Packers did. They signed Zadarius Smith. So Gary's a guy. He can kind of find his home, find which position he feels comfortable mm-hmm. with, and he can learn from some guys who have done it, who have done it at a pretty solid level. So, you know, we'll see how he fares. But I I like what the Packers have done to that D-line and that defense. So, now we'll move to their second pick. Remember, they traded up nine spots to take safety out of Maryland, Darnell Savage. I know you were a huge... You did not... You did not like... No. In an understatement, you did not like this pick. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Did you think... Personally, did you think this was the reach of the draft? Mm. I feel there's one more. LJ f- Collier out of to Seattle. Yeah, that was a pretty. We'll get to that I'm, pick later. I, I think that may have been the reach. Anyway, but so, you know, this is this could be second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this was I thought this was an eye opener. I'll say that it really caught my attention. Uh, I was, what do you? I know you have some very strong feelings about this pick. I just. Just didn't. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know who this person was. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that out there. Like I know there were people were talking about, you know, all the the there was hype building. I mean, you didn't him. know who Terrell Edmonds was, and your team took him. So yeah, that that's that's true. I did not know who Terrell Edmonds was. I don't know if a lot of Steelers fans knew who Terrell Edmonds was. I didn't know who Terrell Edmonds was. Yeah, um, I I I know you knew who he Darnell Savage was. I had kind of heard of him, and I heard a lot. Terrell Edmonds two point 
Yeah. Mm. Safety. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's tough because, you know, Terrell Edmonds has played one year, so it's not yeah. like we have a sense of what was well, your bust pretty, or steal. You know, he was, no, he was pretty decent. No, he was decent last year. Uh, was was Savage, I did hear a lot of hype Especially coming like in. Just, just the, like, three or four days before, correct? Really that day, that day, wow. the day before. Him and Titus Howard, who I thought was a humongous reach. But we'll get to I think that may have been my reach of the draft. Um, you think so? But I, th- I heard some hype. And a lot of times, you know, you'll talk about the big stars, you know, Quinn and Williams, Nick Bosa. But a lot of times, these guys will have a lot of hype the week entering into the draft. And a guy who maybe you never heard of him all of a sudden sneaks into, like, the middle to late of the first round. And that was what Donald Savage did, especially warranting a trade-up nine picks to trade up and take him. Yeah, I just... Yeah. Especially, I, don't, I don't know. Remember, the Packers also signed Adrian Amos. Yeah, I, I don't know what the rationale was. With that, I mean, I guess, behind, yeah. Behind the pick. Just kind of... Well... I was kind of confused by it. We'll yeah. see. He hasn't played it down the NFL, so we all could be wrong. Yep, let's move on. So now we'll go to 13. Another great pick. The Dolphins taking Christian Wilkins, who almost took out the commissioner. <laughs> yeah. I, I That might have been my... Maybe the second highlight of day one. I love the Devin Bush picks. That had to be my first. Because my team. But I, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and he was... Yeah, and uh, Roger Goodell didn't know what hit him. <laughs> literally, quite literally. Um... But I think Christian, Christian Wilkins was a guy. A lot of people thought, could he go in the top ten? And a lot of, you know, I know I saw a lot of mock drafts him with him going to Miami. But then I saw something saying, like, oh, although I have him going to Miami, I don't know if he'll really last mm. to Miami. So I think this was a, a very good pick by Miami. A pick that, that's one of those picks where, you know, hey, maybe it's the obvious choice, but it's also the right choice. So I really like this pick with Miami. I and now also getting Josh Rosen. Yeah. I think with the Rosen trade and the Christian Wilkins pick, they I have like, a foundation. I like what this Miami team is doing with this rebuild, building up that cap space, you know, you know, kind of not being like forced into anything, kind of seeing what they're going to they take their time. And, yeah. They're going to take their they're not rushed. They don't feel pressured by the fans. Kind of like the opposite of what the Giants did. No, I'm just joking. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm joking with you. Although the Giants think they're in win-now mode when they're not, so I don't know. But yeah, I know not, you were frustrated by that. Just tank. Tank. Um, never heard any fans say that before. <laughs> yeah, probably not, but tank. Anyway, we'll go to 14 now. Chris Lindstrom, who he was a guy who a lot of people thought was going to be a borderline first round pick, and then all of a sudden, a lot of momentum, yeah. a lot of momentum. I know, obviously, a lot of pe- a lot of uh, people I've talked to uh, had, wasn't weren't wasn't a big fan of this pick. You included. Yeah. You weren't a yeah. So. I think it makes sense to give help. The position, I think, offensive line addressing that. Like I don't remember I think, the, the Falcons actually they had two picks. They took two offensive linemen in the first round. What do you think of the Falcons? Chris Lindstrom from Boston College mm-hmm. at 14, and then they traded back into the first round. They at, And then at number 31, they take Caleb McGarry. So okay, two so t- I don't have a problem with the two offensive linemen. I think you want to have Matt Ryan out, you you know you're trying to do on offense. You have a ton you of have, weapons. Yeah, you just want to give him some more time. 
to, you know, s- you know, survey the scene, get it to one of those studs. I I think Caleb McGarry, fine pick. I, I, With I, the value. I think that was good. But I just don't... I just don't see, you know, Lindstrom. I, I think, especially guys like Andre Dillard, who well, was there. Well, I the, mean, this is the one thing. Probably the best pass back in the draft. Was a, McGarry was a tackle. Lindstrom was a guard. So if they felt like they needed to address the guard position... But Dillard, Dillard was a tackle, correct? Yeah, Dillard's a tackle. Okay. So now, in my opinion... Uh, uh, Garrett Bradbury was the best interior lineman in this draft, mm. so that surprised me that they didn't go Garrett uh, Bradbury. But you know, I I thought I saw Chris Lynch from making waves. I saw this guy could have been a end up going in the top half, which he ended up going in the top half of the draft. So you know they took him, and you know he'll be playing in the interior, protecting Matt Ryan. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Now number 15, the Washington Redskins take Ooh. Dwayne Haskins, quarterback at Ohio State, who a lot, some people had him as the number one quarterback um, in this entire draft, including Kyler Murray. Here. Love the value. I think this was great value I for thought, the Redskins. I think a lot of people had him higher than Kyler. I just said that, but yeah. Oh, did you? Sorry, yeah, I might have been spacing out. <laughs> yeah, um... Uh, I I had him personally higher than Kyler in terms of just you know throwing the football. Just, you know what a quarterback does. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, Kyler's more mobile. He's gonna be able to extend the play. You know, such and such. But I really love that. Uh, I really just love Dwayne Haskins in at Ohio State. I love this fit, and um, I'm happy for the Redskins. Yeah, I've talked to a Redskins fan, and he said he doesn't want Haskins starting Week One. Mm. I think Haskins will start week one. Do you I, know why he doesn't want Haskins starting? Week because one? he just doesn't want something like RG three to happen where he, they force it, and I, it's tough because Haskins isn't RG three. It was Correct totally me if different. I'm wrong, but RG three one was needed to different style of QB. Exactly. RG three was succeeding before he got injured. No. Yeah, but he he was doing quite well. Yeah, he in, was in contention for rookie of the year. You know. I, I think mean, he won. <laughs> he won rookie. Yeah. yeah, he won rookie of the yeah. year. Yeah, sorry, he did win rookie of the year. Like he was very successful in, until that injury. So. Yeah, no, Dwayne. It'll be interesting. My guess for, at this point, even though they tra- traded for Case Keenum, they gave up like a seventh round pick. They didn't give up much. So at this point, they don't feel obligated or forced or pressured to start Case Keenum. I think so Haskins will start. At this po- at this point in time, if you had if you said who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Redskins in Week One, my best guess would be Dwayne Haskins. And right now, I wouldn't hesitate. I would agree. All right. So going to sixteen, Brian Burns to the Carolina Panthers. Solid pick. I like Very this pick. I think pick. this is exactly where he was going to go. Maybe a little higher as a Giants fan. Giants were picking at 17. I was really... this was out. This was an obvious pick, but I was hoping the Panthers were going a different direction because I think also Dave Gettleman was a fan of Brian Burns as well, especially mm. at this spot. Uh, I really like Burns. Uh, I think he's gonna. I think that's a very good pick, especially with Julius Peppers, future Hall of Famer yeah. Julius Peppers retiring. This will fill the void with a young yeah. guy who can get after the quarterback. You know, I I think this is a really good pick by the Panthers, and uh, 
you know, this is in terms of value and need. I think need met value here, and they went after the best pass rusher, and in this case, it was Brian Burns. Yeah, I do. I did nothing you complain about this pick. Very solid yeah. pick. So now we're gonna talk about the net. The Giants had three first round picks. We'll talk about their next two. They picked at seventeen, and <clears throat> I believe thirty. I believe thirty. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty. And so we're talking about. But at seventeen, they t- they took Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Your thoughts. I actually didn't mind this pick. I think at this all. was a solid pick. You know, I think this, I like this pick for the Giants. He's kind of like you know, they, they, a they hog lost. molly. Dave yeah. Gettleman loves his hog mollies, and this is a three hundred forty-two. He pound lost, pick. you know, snacks. Snacks. Harrison was gone via trade, and I like this guy. And I actually think this guy. You know, I think I think Snacks Harrison is just a guy. I'm more of a run stuffer, and less of a guy that's gonna push the pocket and get I think Lawrence pressure. can do. Whoa. Yeah, and I think I like Lawrence better in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback. And I think you can do both those things, stopping the run and putting pressure on the, on you the know, quarterback. I, think, I like this pick. I Jones. think at this point, there were three really good linemen available. Dexter Lawrence, Montez Sweat, and Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons tore his ACL, probably will be out for this year. And Montez Sweat has a heart condition. I think if you're a medical team, did not like Sweat and, you know, Simmons because of their injuries or conditions, then I think Lawrence was the best defensive uh, lineman available. And I like this pick. He's 342 pounds, and he ran a 505-40, and he came up limping because he had because he strained his quad halfway through. So this guy is an absolute beast. I think this is a good pick. Now, they picked again at 30 after trading back into the first round. And you took, want to cover that now? Yeah, DeAndre Baker, the cornerback out of Georgia, who a lot of people... Thought, is he really the best cornerback available? I didn't think he was. Yeah, but I think... I I think the gap was so close that I don't think anyone can complain about this. No, it's a debatable topic. Is he, you know, was he, was he not the best cornerback in this draft? But I don't think it was to a point where, oh, one guy is, it's not even close, he wasn't the best. Right. It was very debatable, and it was so, you know, close. So, you know, you know... And from, again, it's been rookie minicamp. That's really what we've seen from Baker. But from what I've heard, he's done a great job. I expect him to get it, to go start right alongside Janoris Jenkins. And I think the Giants did a really good job with this pick and just addressing their secondary with Julian Love later in the draft. Giants actually have a really good young secondary. Yeah, a lot of depth there, too. Yes. So now we'll go to Garrett Bradbury, uh, Vikings. He's a guard. Or he's a guard. He's a center. He can play both. I think this was a terrific pick for Minnesota. Everyone know. Everyone knew they needed to go O line. And Cousins goes down. Yep, that was their entire season. Yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah. Cousins had no time. Cook got injured. Like they needed O line. Their O line was horrible. And I think they got the best interior lineman. Definitely the best interior lineman. Maybe one of the best, probably one of the best linemen overall in this draft. Yeah. I love this pick. For a team so obviously in need of a lineman, to get a guy at this point in the draft with this talent, I think this was a terrific pick by the Vikings. You know, I really like this pick for Minnesota, and I think Barry can come in, compete, and play immediately, and really bolster up that O-line. A lot like how maybe Quentin Nelson did with the Colts mm. last year. Yeah. Well, I... 
well, not we really. We thought Quentin Wilson was uh, Quentin Nelson to an know, extent. Like I think we're gonna see like much, the talent. Like, yes, uh, the, but I think like remember the Colts O line sucked, and then. But I think Quentin Nelson's more talented than. But you know, what I'm saying is maybe the imp- the impact would be similar in the sense that we'll just see better overall offensive line play, mm-hmm. not just from the player, yeah, but from the true. line as a whole. So. Now we'll go number 19, the team hosting the NFL Draft, Tennessee Titans, taking Jeffrey Simmons, who he's a top four, top five player in this draft. He was unbelievable coming out, unbelievable talent, but he tore his ACL while preparing for the draft. He, I I think he'll miss most, if not all of the season. Mm. So this was a very interesting pick. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a fine pick. I think a lot of people were thinking, um, Marquise Hollywood Brown at this pick, you know, uh, but I I, I they think did it, take A J Brown uh, later in the draft in the second right, round. Right, right. Yeah, so they they went to wait. I don't have a problem with this pick, but uh, what are you yeah, doing? no, I like the pick. I think even if he might not be in it this year, uh, I think in terms of talent, if he builds up to what the talent can be over the course of his career, this this could be enough. This could be the steal of the draft. Yeah. Okay, 20. Remember the Broncos traded 10 spots down with the Steelers. They take Noah Fan, Second tight end from Iowa. He's an athletic specimen, Noah Fan is. And he's yeah. going to really help the passing game after losing uh, Demarius Thomas. And uh, he'll really help guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton. Yeah, a big, you know, target, you know, in the middle of the field. Just throw it to, you know, it's, it's going to... It's if Drew Locke is the guy that they're gonna ride with, you know. It'll help that it's gonna same help draft. Nice they'll develop together. Yeah. Also, they'll develop together. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we already covered Packers at twenty-one. Darno Savage twenty-two. Eagles straight up. Andre Dillard love this pick. I think he was the one of the best. I think it, he was the best pass protector. I think it may have been him or Jay Want, but I think he may have been the best. So yeah, terrific pick. Also, awful job by the. Houston Texans, who it was just so they made it obvious he was his guy. Eagles knew it. They made a great trade, trading up three spots, getting ahead of the Houston Texans, and they got the best O-line in, in the class. So now we'll go to Houston, who you know we say they really you know messed everything up by making it obvious, and then they panicked and took Titus Howard out of Alabama State, not Alabama. Alabama State. Yeah, I just, so this was yeah. one of, if not the biggest reaches. Now I had him as a late second round pick. He was another guy. A lot of hype coming into draft day. You know, so that hype really, you know, we saw how it translated being a first round pick. Yeah. But I think Houston panicked after their reach. guy. Yes, it was a reach. They panicked right after their guy, Andre Dillard, went one spot ahead, especially knowing it was a trade. They got played. Okay, twenty. now we'll cover picks 24 and 27. Oakland Raiders, 24, they took the first and only running back in the first round, Josh Jacobs. And then at 27, they took the second safety in the draft, Jonathan Abram. Go, what do you think of these two picks? Well, I think Josh Jacobs, I like that pick. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to start. I think He's an he's- all-around running back, can can catch the ball, and then also, you know... Coming in, helping Doug Martin out, he's really had a lot of well, cause, trouble. Uh, well, because Isaiah Crowell tore his Achilles, so he's out for the year. Yeah. And then also, um, 
He's fresh because he wasn't much used, needed depth there. Too. He he not much uh, work at Alabama, so he's fresh. Fresh tread in the tires. I think he'll have a great career. And I, and I Jonathan I, Abram. I like, I like this pick. pick. Yeah. He really helps out their secondary, which is atrocious. Terrible. He's a sure tackler. He'll make plays. He'll come out in the box. He can come off the edge, make plays in the background, backfield. Two good picks for Oakland. I know Clint Furrow maybe was a questionable pick, but overall not a bad job by the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, honestly, I think not a bad job, but I would have liked to see you a, a little bit of better. I like these more talent. I like twenty four and twenty seven. I think these were two solid picks. Maybe yeah. I would have liked to see a cornerback in there, but that's just me. 25, Baltimore Ravens trade down because they had 22. They trade down with the Eagles. They take the first, and they take the <sighs> first receiver off the board, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Now, in your division. I hated this pick as a Steelers. Because you like the pick as someone just watching yeah. the draft. He's a speedster. I think he'll really help out the development of Lamar Jackson. I hope. And this- he should, but Lamar needs to throw the ball. They need to let Lamar throw the ball. But he'll still... Lamar needs to drill. Yeah, deliver. but he still... Make well, the throws easier, but... He'll still... He to show he can do it. That, you know, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network, I believe, said, like, he's... Uh, I've heard... I think it was... It may have been Kuiper, McShay, Jeremiah. I forgot which one. But they they were all saying, like, he's, like, one of the fastest players they've ever covered in the draft. And that included Deshaun Jackson. His game-breaking speed, you know... He can run route. He can run all sorts of routes. Yeah, I think he's. I think in a team needing a lot of receiving weapons, great job by the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I hated it, but it was a really good job. So now twenty six. I forget who picked here. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm bl- who did pick twenty? Oh my god, I'm blinking. Oh, Colts. Colt, sweat. It was Montez Sweat. Montez. To the Redskins. Montez Sweat. Colts traded back out of the first round with the Redskins mm-hmm. and took Mon- and took Montez, Montez Sweat to the Redskins. This was in terms of talent and absolute reach. What did you say so, shy? Montez Sweat? A reach? I mean, not a reach. Sorry, a steal. Yeah, I, I thought this was a steal. I thought this was a really good pick. I thought, you know, they must have thought that, you know, the the the, the medical staff must have cleared him. He was good to go. I think there was so much hype. People thought he could be a top 10 pick. You know, a lot of people thought the Giants might take him. And I, I really love the pick. A guy who's going to make a big impact right away, rushing from the edge. Okay, 27, we talked about. <clears throat> 28. Uh, who picked 28? Oh, my God. Um... Shy, help me out here. I'm blinking. Shy, help me out here. Jerry. Oh yeah, it's Jerry Tillery. Jerry Tillery. Oh my God, I can't believe I forgot that. I am off my game today. Yeah, me too. Okay, um, Usually, one remembers this. Yeah. Um. So Jerry Tillery went twenty eighth to the Chargers. I like this pick for L.A. They needed a defensive tackle. In my opinion, he was the best D-lineman available. Okay, so at 29, this was L.J. Collier of the, to the Seattle Seahawks. This may have been the biggest reach in my opinion. Very special pick. Uh, at a TCU, this was a big reach for Seattle. 
I don't. I did not love this pick. Thirty. We talked about DeAndre Baker. We already talked about thirty-one. And now so thirty-two. Nikhil Harry. I like this pick for the New England Patriots. Yeah, I thought this was a scary good pick. I personally had him number two in my wide receiver board, and I, this is a guy that's a king of fifty-fifty balls in this class. He's gonna go up. He's gonna get it. He's gonna fill that role of Gronkowski. And much as I hate to say it. I think it's going to be a really good fit with this New England team. Great red zone threat. Brady's going to get the ball to him. That's all the time we have for today. I can't believe I blanked on two things. I've... Well, I blanked on them, too. You really know this. I'm not. Yeah, I know. I was. Yeah. That's on me. <laughs> and me um, right. Anyway, that's all the time we have on Game Time Podcast, the NFL Draft Recap. Hope you had a good time. See you next time. See ya. Bye.